Welcome everybody to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thank you for downloading or streaming our show, taking some time out of your busy life to listen to us. And remember, if you're digging the show, please subscribe, leave us a kind rating, share it with your friends, whatever it takes to get the uh, Chompcast name out there. We have a, a devilishly good show today as we discuss The Evil Within 2, uh, a bit more Cuphead. Uh, Josh has been playing some Hollow Knight. Um, and in our bio break portion of the show, we have a cool article about why human beings are afraid of spiders and snakes from birth. Uh, it's really interesting because uh, it kind of goes against what people had had sort of thought before, um, as well as the topic of the show, uh, which is fixing fighting games or how to infuse more excitement into the genre from all of our perspectives. So even if you're not really into fighting games out there, trust me, it's going to be a, a really fun discussion um, because we have a very special guest today that brought that topic forward. But before I introduce our very special guest, <laughs> we'll build up the anticipation there. Let's just uh, quickly get to the uh, crew you're familiar with, the crew you know and love. Um, <laughs> there's an evil within this one. Joshua Fowler is here from Michigan. How you doing, Josh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a beautiful... You you got a really natural uh, cackle, Josh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it... Uh, I, the vocal lessons is really... I mean... If you specifically ask them to focus on your evil laugh, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's amazing what you can accomplish, um, which is mm. you know, just a little bit of coaching. Um. <laughs> see, see, I was gonna say I was gonna give you credit and say that it was just natural, but now I know it's coaching. I'm slightly mm-hmm. less impressed. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but, I did but kill him Josh afterwards was... instead of paying. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so, I mean, that's okay. Whew! We're close. That was close. All right. Uh, glad you're here today, Josh. Um, from Japan, our resident biologist, uh, Shay Layton. How you doing, Shay? I'm good, and I hope you bite into the steel. Bite I feel the chomcast. Oh, okay. Bite into the steel. <laughs> I just want. I wanted Josh's head shake early on. I wanted to get that out of the way. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's the sad part is I'm staring at my notes for the show and I, c- I didn't even see his disappointed head shake. It turned into a facepalm head shake. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I leveled up. It's a combination, facepalm slash disappointed head shake. I like it. Mm. I'm glad you're here today, Shay. Um, biting into the steel, as they say. So hopefully it's not a metaphor for something else. Um, no. And if it is, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we love you either way. Um, and of course, from Texas, uh, our next co-host, along with kind of today's theme of the show with the evil within, um, true story, uh, true story. Our next co-host faked a demonic possession. That's right. He, fa- he faked being possessed by a demon for several weeks, just so his friends and family would call a local priest over to his home. So the priest could tie him up to his bed and slap him around. Fetishes are not quite as cheap as they used to be. Anthony Fisher is here. How you doing, Fish? <laughs> doing pretty good. Pretty good. That was your best intro ever. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, that, that's pretty good. <laughs> I like I'm it. Jinx it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clever, Fish, honestly. You're finding a way to save money in these tough economic times. 
Uh-huh. Of course, yeah. I'm a man, I'm man about God and also getting my rocks off with him. <laughs> what, can you in, maybe elaborate on the whole man of God thing? Why that's a <laughs> why that's part of your fetish? Huh. Oh you no! Walked yourself right into that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I, I have to walk back huh. out of this one. I'm sorry. He just started saying things, and then they were said, and there was nothing he could do about it. Huh. Uh, uh, <sighs> all right. Well, you know, we still love you, and uh, I, for one, think it was it was rather brilliant. Um, we are glad Fish is here today, and of course, our special guest, listening to all this strangeness take place. Before we can introduce him, is Tony. From the No Time for Time Travel podcast. How you doing, Tony? Good, good. It was so hard for me to resist saying anything while you guys were talking. <laughs> uh, it, it always is. It's like it's always weird. You, you can, any, any thoughts on that? I mean, anything at all? It's, it's fine if you want to. Oh no! I mean, like I always enjoy that intro that you guys do all the time with your uh, every episode. So it's a uh, it's a long intro, but it's always entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> that is the aim there and uh you know we're, we're glad you're here today because you had a a really cool topic about uh fighting games that we're gonna get to here in a second um which is kind of out of the norm for us so um and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about the podcast you do we're checking out as well uh toward the end of the show and uh where people can find it so awesome uh, but yeah we are glad you are here our special guest this week and of course i am morgan <laughs> barnes <laughs> general mountain time from montana and let's just get right to the topic of the show i always let the guests introduce it tony uh you're here and you want to talk about fighting games uh to a degree but i will let you set this off in your own words whenever we brought you know the idea of doing a topic for the show to you um what did you come up with and why well i just had the topic of fighting games i didn't actually really have a specific on it so uh Mm -hmm. yeah fighting games (laughs) But just fighting games. That's that's rather broad. Well, why fighting games? I mean, like, is are they near and dear to your heart, or what's what's the the idea there? Oh, okay. So yeah. So for me, I'm like one of those people that don't have like a lot of patience, and um, mm-hmm. you know, playing RPGs that take like forty to eighty hours, like I can't get through them because um, I lose uh attention all the time. So mm-hmm. one of the things that I always was interested in was fighting games because they're like. You know, if I'm coming home and I have like 10 minute gap, I could go into a fighting game and then play a few rounds and then continue on with my day. Um, And the other thing is that it's one of those things where it's not really like um, a team effort. Like, don't get me wrong. I love teams and everything, but it's um, it's kind of like for me, I like watching tennis because it's like seeing people one on one and each person has their own skill set and then just seeing how well they do and um, how much mm-hmm. they train and everything. So fighting games to me are kind of like the same way in which you're not like um, doing like a whole team thing. It's more of like all on you and this is all your skill set, how much you train yourself. So, you know, that, that's, yeah. you know, that's why I really like fighting games yeah. as a genre. Yeah, yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, honestly, that's that's a good point. A lot of, a lot of team sports will frustrate people because, you know, you're, let's say you're an NFL fan, your quarterback throws five touchdowns, but your kicker misses a field goal and your team loses because it's a team sport. And there's so many people that, you know, you have to rely upon where, like uh, like you're saying, tennis or fighting games or any sort of solo sport, really. It's just you and the other competition. And there's a very sort of like a primal level of, of competition there that's fun. Well, and it, so we kind of morphed your topic into 
because we're not super in, which is interesting tony we're actually not really into fighting games that heavily here mm-hmm. um but we like to approach those topics in a, uh, a fun way a fun challenge so we start thinking like shay mentioned to you i know earlier in the week what would we like to do to the fighting game genre to maybe make it more interesting and you can chime in on that as well of course if there's something you'd like to see maybe that you feel is not there or you're unsatisfied with um i i guess if i had to sort of break the ice here for me i can take i can take you guys all the way back okay there was a game that came out for the the xbox okay and it was not a good game it was not received very well it was called tail fang fists of the lotus do you remember that game tony man that was a right when you said xbox i'm like is this gonna be tail fang <laughs> <laughs> oh, you knew it. Okay, okay. And um, it wasn't received well, but I really liked what they were going for in that game. It was this idea where you would, like, damage specific body parts that would change the battle. So, like, if you smash their arm against something, they would their, their arm would be, like, broken or disabled. And then that would change how they were able to tackle the rest of the fight. Um, and I always thought that was, like, a really cool idea that never really got pushed far enough in interesting ways because, unfortunately... If there's a game that comes out, even if it has a really cool idea, if it's unsuccessful or kind of shat upon by critics, sometimes those ideas just die out. And a lot of what we see in the fighting game genre right now is pretty stagnant and familiar. But I just thought it was a cool idea that you're sitting there and you're, you know, uh, in this very intense one-on-one competition and everything that happens to you over the course of the battle changes how it unfolds. If they break your leg or your arm or they punch you in the face, maybe it kind of impairs maybe if you get punched in the face your controls are kind of fucked up for a few seconds you know what i mean because your character would be like that idea could be pushed in such interesting ways and that's the one thing i would love to see implemented more in like a a modern fighting game um but that's Hmm. the first thing i thought of when you said that Uh, do you remember so uh, how do you feel about that tony i mean you sounds like you kind of remember teo fang a little bit or at least you knew what i was talking about (laughs) yeah yeah actually um i i actually like that mechanic a lot um, interesting thing is that uh, Tao Fang is um, a creation of the studio uh, Gigante or Gigante. I actually don't know how to pronounce mm-hmm. it. Um, and that is actually uh, created by or started by John Tobias. And John Tobias mm-hmm. was um, one of the co-creators of Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. So um, they always had like very innovative um, ideas. And that was one of the things that, you know, I, I also really agreed with you is that it would be really great to incorporate into like um, the fighting game mechanic and have more people popularize that. But, you know, unfortunately, it didn't really have good sales and, um, you know, money talks. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd like to see more of that. How, how about you, Fish? When we uh, start throwing this topic around, what, what did you think? Mm, well, I thought about why I don't like video games that are... Why I don't? Oh like yeah, videos. wrong podcast. Fish. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, why I love video. You meant to come over to my gas station philosophy podcast. That's on uh, two hours. Oh, okay. Shit, I'm two hours behind here, or forward, whichever. Oh. Anyways, no. Uh, <laughs> my, <laughs> Sergeant Mountain Time over there. Okay, go ahead, Fish. Uh, continue. Yeah, um, yeah. My disdain for video games goes all the way back. God to damn like, it! God damn it. You said <laughs> Did I say that? Yes, I'm just not in the mood. Oh, okay, the truth has oh, come out. Say it. Oh wake God. up, fish! Wake I'm... up! Slap him around like the priest. Just slap him around. This is like an alternate oh, reality. Oh, God, or something. No, stop, fish! Oh, this exactly. Oh, this is somebody get a paper towel. Oh my God, fish! <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Destiny has corrupted your soul. Destiny has rotted has. his brain. <laughs> Everything has right now, yeah. um, including this podcast. No, okay. um, fighting, <laughs> fighting <don't>. games. <laughs> Just a low blow there. Okay, fighting, fighting games. games. Yeah. yeah, the topic of the okay. show: fighting games. Well, you know what? The hard thing about jumping into a fighting game these days and um this is across the board for me at least is it you, there's always that like ramp up of skill as far as like learning the characters and mm. learning their moves and what moves uh translate well for you as far as um fighting in those games because each character has their own style they have their own moves but a lot of times you don't know those moves and it's not very apparent how to do them. Like, like the only thing, the only reason I remember like reuse Hadouken is because I used them always in street fighter. And like, uh, I just remember that pattern on the controller to throw a Hadouken out there or, you know, um, uh, uh, uppercut. And you were a kid, so a lot more time. Yeah. To, and when you were a kid, you had little guides and all the time in the world to learn that shit. You're right. The learning curve on fighting games is really high. Yeah, it pretty much, and I, I just wish it was a little bit more accessible in that in that regard, as far as um, making it more intuitive. And I was thinking about like what games out there that are 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 difficult to master, but a little bit more intuitive as far as like the controls. Mm-hmm. And like I was thinking of uh, Skate, where your you would control your skateboard with um essentially it joystick you you would yeah with the joysticks you would kind of like mimic the way the the skateboard would uh flip around underneath your feet for your character and mm-hmm. i i thought that was pretty a pretty cool thing that they they came out with and um i forget how many skate they, games well they made skateboarding out, but... fun which was I mean, however you feel about those games, they actually made the act of skateboarding kind of fun for a while. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I never yeah. got into it deeply, but uh, I played a demo of it, and it just it 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 was actually really cool. It felt like you were actually mastering tricks on a skateboard in a video mm-hmm. game, which I thought was cool. But um, yeah, I th- I was thinking of that, and like I was thinking, how could they incorporate that type of mechanic into a fighting game? And like I was thinking, like maybe like your punches and your kicks would be tied to like the joysticks per se. And like, you have to hold down a certain button to control those individually. It'd, it'd be very, it'd be a lot more technical as far as like the right, right joystick could be like punching left joystick, kicking or something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Something to where it feels a little bit more natural, I guess, but then you may be limiting. Josh looks like he's about to say something. You're you're describing arms. Oh, is that arms? Wait, yes, well, that's yeah, motion that control, though. Is you just arms. throw punches. Yes, just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. But that's more of like a... Yeah, I was thinking of like, you know, the standard 2D type of setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, side-by-side Spend characters. Spend your mind, Fish. It doesn't have to be a generic <laughs> 2D fighter. This is a new age we live in. Okay. We, you never uh, played... Well, whoa. we never played arms, so... Yeah. I, I don't yeah. want to switch, so yeah. Looks like Tony um, agreed. Have you played arms, Tony? Uh yeah, I actually have it. So um, that's a, when Nintendo was saying they're gonna make a fighting game, I'm like, uh, okay, yes, I'm gonna get it. Like first thing, mm. it's like a fighting game. Yes, I'm gonna get it. And from Nintendo, even more. So, um, but yeah, the um, 
the, the what you said reminded me of uh one of the ideas I had about like a um a VR video game about fighting and mm-hmm. if it was going to be a VR Mortal Kombat and uh you know all the motions that you do would just be naturally fighting including the fatalities mm-hmm. so uh I don't know um so you're I, fighting in real life basically it's like a it's like picking up your body movements that, that's uh, that actually cool. pretty, pretty cool like yeah. do the whole uh, like throw it's your... like Dan Central but for for violence. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, Might you, have to create a new riding, rating board for that. Hat. <laughs> Realistic, yeah, that would be interesting. The sense. What about what about you, Josh? When you brought up this topic, what were you thinking? I was actually thinking more along the lines of of the Nintendo fighting games recently, um, with their. They are fairly easy to pick up. Um, I mean, ARM specifically, uh, if you play it with two controllers with the with the uh, the split uh, Joy Cons, you're just punching. It's I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. as as intuitive as you can as you can imagine, um, and it's it's just I like those games. I, that's that's something that Blizzard does well. That they make games that you can just pick up and take forever to learn. And Nintendo has been doing a great job with that lately. With stuff like arms, um, I don't know. What I'd like to see. With ar- go mm-hmm. ahead, Josh. Jump here. Go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I'll ask you later. Okay. Um, forgot where I was. Uh, I fucked you up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were you saying then? I was gonna say, like, what was the issue? Do you think with? I noticed that arms wasn't like received that well. Now, granted, that's critics don't really mean everything. I'm just saying, in just like from the sake of curiosity. What was the thing that seemed to hold arms back a little bit, just like as far as reaching a maybe a bigger audience or that critical reception in your eyes? Um, it got a little repetitive. The way you unlocked everything was too slow. Um, so you ended up playing through the campaign over and over and over again in order to get the currency to unlock stuff, and that that was not done well. Like the the main gameplay itself is great. It's easy to pick up. Pretty hard to master. There's a lot of. It, I mean, it's basically the same, same rock paper scissors as in, as in a normal fighting game with you know, um, block beats punch, um, and then grab beats block, um, sort of a wheel, same sort of mm-hmm. same sort of thing, but just done in a really simple way. I mean, it's obvious how you control all those motions. It's not hope that you know the one combo that does the right grab for what you're trying. It's just, it's simple. It's really simple to just learn the basic controls. Um, but since you can customize your characters with different arms that are unlocked from playing through the campaign way too many times, I, I'm, I'm sure that got on a lot of people's nerves. I'm sure on a lot of, so just a lot of reviewers. Yeah. Like there needed to be a, Really, they don't need to be half as much unlockable stuff, or okay. or not not or not make it easier to get. Maybe, yeah, or you easier. get it twice as fast, really. Um, but then, what are you doing once you have everything unlocked, other than competition? That's pretty much it, right? Like most games. Yeah, most fighting yeah, games just before. yeah, just playing the fighting game at that point. Yeah, just um, playing the game. Yeah. So you know what that reminds me of? That reminds me of you remember the game we played uh, back for SPT, Child of Eden, that was on the Connect, where you just had to play mm-hmm. through that yeah. game over and over again. And it was very repetitive gameplay. It sounds very similar to that, actually. 
I mean, in terms of it just being its repetitive nature and having to go through levels like three or four times to unlock things. Mm-hmm. That's, that might be an issue that fighting games also have longevity-wise while we're on that topic, because I know for me, if I'm thinking about getting a fighting game, uh, and I'm not as... In, like, like, Tony looks at it from a perspective of this is like something I can come home and just casually play for 15 minutes, and it's not a huge investment. But, like, for me, when I look at, like, throwing $60 down, I'm like... Phew. I'm not going to get $60 out of a fighting game. It's not going to happen, you know? Unless we were to all buy the game and we were all obsessed with it and we regularly played it online, I know I'm just not going to get the value back because generally a fighting game will have a short campaign, maybe an arcade mode or a couple things here and there. So I think that, like, value there is tricky. And I know that's probably what ARMS is dealing with is how do we keep people playing this over and over again maybe if they don't have anyone else to play with. Uh, of course, obviously, there's an online component. But that that's something I personally struggle with. But... Um, yeah, and I feel like that's what they're trying to solve, but they oversolved it so to the point where you ended up playing through that way too many times to try to unlock stuff. So, mm. I don't know. Like, I feel like um, you know, if you you treat a fighting game like an MMO, where um, you can mm. just uh, like go online and then kind of World of Warcraft, where you just like roam around, and then there will be different people, and then. Um, Every time you encounter someone, you can actually start a fight and then go into fighting mode. That might, you know, that might um, bring it into a different level. You know, hmm. you mean like have That's more of like a, thinking about it. Yeah, like an expansive world where you can actually see people's like avatars and stuff, and then you can challenge hmm. them and stuff like that. Yeah, things like that. Because right now, most fighting game lobbies are just like literally just like lobbies where it's a chat room, and then you know you you just request fights, and that's about it. Uh. Um, you know that's an interesting like, hmm. yeah yeah if they yeah. can incorporate like a world into that where it's not just a lobby or if the lobby itself is more of like an expansive world that is more of um a uh, similar thing to an MMO then you know it, it might bring more of like a, a longevity to the fighting game genre that's really I, interesting I hope that the game yeah I, th- I think that maybe along the lines of games like Destiny being so successful now you might see more of that like a shared social space yeah. in a fighting game would be... I, can, I like that idea, too, because that's something that, in an MMO, they have, like, a structured PvP with matchmaking to to match skill against skill, but you can duel anyone. And that sounds really interesting in a fighting game. Um, because, generally, you don't just end up in a duel with somebody unless you're already friends with them on your friends list. But... I mean, just the idea of playing against someone who is way better than you is Mm -hmm. that's interesting because that's something you don't really get to do in a fighting game too often. I mean, which granted for a reason, people don't like getting stomped on. But if you had the option to to just, you know, like if it showed people stats in an an MMO type fighting game. Yeah. And you wanted to go against someone who was really good, ranked really high. That. Yeah. That's interesting. That. It would be, be it'd be, especially people could like spectate it easily like mm-hmm. oh my god there's some guy who's challenging someone much higher than him on his skill level like especially yeah. if that wasn't based off of gear because that's I, I yes it's cool that there's games like injustice where you can equip gear and stuff but the idea of having your skill be increased by like quality of matches is more interesting to me than just by you have more gear that you're wearing that makes you harder to kill um obviously uh what about you shay i mean like uh, where do you fall on all this um, when, when I started thinking about this, um, question, I, I started thinking about a series that I used to play a ton in my childhood, which was the Tekken series. Um, I really, really, really was obsessed with that series for a 
small amount of time in my childhood. And they did they did some really interesting things during their um during each iteration or each uh, subsequent release, which was they had these different modes. Um, I remember Tekken Three had beach ball mode, where it would be like you'd like use your various moves on the beach ball to kick it to the other other side, and it would just be like a volley back and forth, and you try to damage each other with this beach ball. That was a weird mode. They had this. They had this <laughs> one mode that was like a, um, like a Streets of Rage style. Um, well, I guess sort of Streets of Rage. Yeah, yeah. It was just like a basic. Oh yeah. Brawler. It was Tekken Force. You remember that? Hmm. Yeah, it was oh, Tekken uh, have... Tekken Force mode. Oh mm, yes, yes. That's right. That's right. Holy, I forgot that name. Yeah, it was so cool. It's just like they infused all these little mini games um mm-hmm. throughout throughout the subsequent releases. Tekken 6 had a a mode that was similar to that as well, except it was a little bit more expanded. It wasn't like a 2.5 uh D. It was a full 3D and you went through various levels and did it. And I would love to see maybe some more incorporation of that like if you're adding yeah different um just like different little mini games and kind of aggregating them into one game to kind of give it some life but also infusing more unique modes i guess as well because as you guys were talking about the whole damaging of limbs why not have the normal game, like a time trial game like they do in every fighting game? Why not have a mode where um, if you damage a limb, then you can't use that limb for the rest of the fight? Why not infuse every fighting game with that mode? To me, that that's intuitive. I, I, I mean, think, it's, it's... Yeah. yeah. My final thought is, it's, it's, like, it's like the Fallout series where they introduce that survival mode, and now you know every subsequent... Mm-hmm release is going to have that mode because it was it it brought it to the next level and why wouldn't you do that for a fighting game hmm. yeah i think that's the frustration with the genre and maybe tony can answer that better um, i only observe it from the outside and what i see is that it's very stuck in its ways because it's more of a niche genre and those kind of genres can tend to get stuck because you can somehow maybe a little more room for change and bravery if there's different levels of success, you know, or you're, but it's a very niche thing and people are very familiar with their street fighters and their Tekkens and their smash brothers and people are afraid of change and that can be frustrating sometimes. I don't know. Do you disagree or agree with that, Tony? Well, I mean, the thing is that um, there are some fighting games out there um, that are trying to accommodate or be innovative. Um, and one of them is my favorite genre. Is, uh, sorry, my favorite video game, which is Mortal Kombat is like, you know, um, Mortal Kombat and the company and the other studios, they've done a lot with like the story mode so that they're trying to be innovative in that. And they were able to create a story mode where it guides the player through the game. And you don't really have one player that you choose where, you know, the traditional method is you choose a player and you go through a set of like, you know, um, uh, pre-selected opponents and then you go to a boss and you finish the game. Well, Mortal Kombat, what they did was they 
incorporate into the story mode and then you don't choose a player you actually have to play a character that was serving the purpose of the story Mm. and then um there was a lot of cutscenes, and all of that ended up to a final goal so they were the first to actually do that and um yeah i remember that that was really cool yeah it was um it was actually really cool in a sense that the um the producer for street fighter actually said in an interview that oh hey mortal kombat's doing this why don't we do this for our um our, our uh, franchise for street fighter so that's exactly what they did with street fighter 5 is that they took that idea and then went to the story mode so there's still a lot of innovation that's going on with fighting games it's it's just not as apparent because it's not as um you know as promoted out out there so yeah. um yeah that's true and they so they did that with the injustice 2 story right that's also N- nether realms isn't it uh yeah so nether realm studio still uh was a, uh they contracted with uh warner brothers so they did the entire injustice series as well so um they were able to do that whole story mode with injustice as well which actually is a very good thing because it lends well to the comic book genre so yeah. um it's like an elseworlds kind of story yeah hmm, hmm. I wish they'd make a better Final Fantasy fighting game because fucking Dissidia is just not... It's just nonsense. It's, it's Ergis. Ergis? I, see, I've, I've heard of Ergis and I barely remember it from the PlayStation era. But that's not... I don't know if that's exactly what I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> well, how would you know pre, if you've never played it? Well, that was pre a lot of the Final Fantasy games that I loved coming out. So, like, a lot of the characters wouldn't even be able to be included at that point. But... Uh, you, you, you know, fight as Cloud or Sephiroth. What well, what more course, do you want? Fantasy Seven people. You did <laughs> the characters I actually like. No, I'm just kidding. I, I I don't mean that. I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because Zell's a great one. Uh, well, what I was gonna say was that it, we <laughs> Josh started stifle. Like me and Fish always have our joke. You know, Squall versus Seifer and um, whatever Final Fantasy. You know, those Final Fantasy kids fighting on the message boards. It could be fun if you could just. Duke it out, and they finally made the Dissidia games, which are supposed to be Final Fantasy fighting games, but they're just, they're more nonsensical. They're kind of like Pokemon Tournament, where they're a little, I don't know, I, I, I don't want to be, I'm not trying to hate on Pokemon Tournament, but it's just, it's almost too crazy, and, and there's just too much shit going on, people are flying up in the air, and explo- it's just, it's too much. Um, so I would like to see something a little more traditional. I mean, if you look at the opening of Final Fantasy VIII, it was like a very tense just sword fight boom 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 and it was a big deal when they used a little bit of a fireball attack so like i wish they could just show more restraint like if nether realms were to be like hey let's work with square and make a final fantasy fighting game that'll probably never happen but i would i would love to see it um so i actually have a comment yeah. about that um so you're talking about the uh Pokemon tournament game and yeah. i i actually bought that game too and when i was playing it I was like, hmm, there's not many Pokemon to select as your main character. And then there's a bunch of like, you know, a side roster of um, Pokemon that's for your assist. And I was like, hmm, this is is not that deep. And then like going through the story mode, they were just like throwing the same type of Pokemon battles. Sorry, Pokemon battles because um the Pokemon themselves um are gonna be the same. It's gonna be that roster of about twenty different Pokemon, and they're trying to mask it with oh this is a different trainer, so you are experiencing a different mm-hmm. thing. 
But you know, you're not really experiencing a different thing because it's still the same Pokemon that you're fighting. It's just more like a story masking of it so that um, you feel like you're part of a bigger story. But it's really not even that, you know, because they're all the same Pokemon. Yeah, it's like that per- peripheral. Sh- yeah, exactly. No, I agree. I agree. I was. That's something I looked a lot into. And there's not. You can't even fight with the Blastoise. I mean, come on. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, who, who are there you to tell go. me these? That's how you know if a game's bad is if Morgan can't play by his cherished, prized character. The game's automatically bad. I'm. I'm no. I'm just saying that like. They have so many Pokemon, and they choose ten. Like these are the ones that you want to fight with, and it's like fuck you. There's no Blastoise, and there's like weird choices, like Chandelure in there, and it's like give me a fucking break. I mean, I don't know. I just I don't want to get a tangential there, but it's just it's upsetting. You, you mean you don't know about the large <laughs> mass of people wanting to play as a Chandelier? <laughs> they're also they're also Sia fans. There's there's so many of them out there. Um, Actually, but, you know, fans Chandel- are not big fans of Chandeliers. Taking nope. their jobs and everything. Yeah. <laughs> when you guys say chandelier, we're just I think spiraling this joke. <laughs> that's what I said. That's why I said they're all Sia fans. You got it. Someone got it. Okay, Tony got the joke. Bad I joke redeemed. I don't even yeah. know what a Sia is. Is it, what's a Sia? Um, it's a large body never of shows water. Her face. <laughs> she never shows her face. Oh. Did she do the video? Oh, never mind. That was really. I didn't want to take it on that road. Is that the Shia LaBeouf video? <laughs> yes, it is. it is. Okay. All right. I have seen that. Anyways, um, good talk as we kind of transition here to uh, Evil Within Two. Um, you know, so, so me and Fish uh, spent. I spent about six hours with it. And Fish, Fish spent about three. We uh, we rented it. We wanted to be able to talk about it and just see if it hooked us enough to stick with it. So neither of us played the first Evil Within, um, but it was kind of a crazy horror game from the creative Resident Evil, and uh, it always looked interesting to me, but it wasn't received really well. So if I'm on the fence on it, I just didn't get around to it at the time. But this one, you know, it was at my local Red Box, so I was like, "Fuck it, I could take this home for a couple of days. I like to talk about it on the podcast." And uh, that's what I did. Uh, I will say this. I did not expect it to be as open-worldy as it was. Um, I'm not sure. Are, are you familiar with the uh, Evil Within franchise at all, Tony? Uh, yeah. So I actually love horror games and horror movies and all of that. So I'm very mm-hmm. familiar with Evil Within. I personally have never played the Evil Within. It's one on my uh, to-do list. But, um, you know, I play a bunch of other stuff like uh, Silent Hill, PT, and things like that. Um, so I'm very looking forward nice. to hearing what you guys think about Evil Within 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, cool. Well, I'm glad. Cause, and I feel like if there's always a guest, I always feel like I want to kind of get their thoughts on what each game that we're talking about. Just to kind of know where they stand. Um, but as far as Evil Within 2 goes, the thing that surprised me is that it was more open-worldy than I thought it was going to be. And that creates some interesting... Um, problems, and then also some really cool uh, sort of situational gameplay moments. But yeah, so it's a horror game, but it's kind of an open world game. Like you're set in a town, I have to get to the intro, uh, the town of Union, and it's very, it's like a Silent Hill-esque town. Um, But it's sort of like Silent Hill crossed with like a sort of poor man's Resident Evil 4. And you literally just kind of explore this town, and it's got open world elements like waypoints, uh, you can walk into houses like let's put it this way. When I first started playing the game, I actually thought it was going to be something a little cooler than it was because the first house I walked into it was like 
this late. This crazy lady was like shoving food down her son's throat um, until he died. And she was screaming all this shit like skin and bone. You're just going to be skin and bone. And she's like shoving, you know, fucking food down his throat. And it's really morbid and violent. I'm like, oh, my God. And then I walked out of that house and I saw a church cross the street and I walked into the church and there was like this weird shit going on in the church. And I'm like, this is like an open world horror game where every house or building I walk into is like telling a different story. Uh, at least that's what I hoped it would be. And it didn't quite turn into that, but it was kind of cool because I didn't expect it to be that sort of a game, I guess from seeing the evil within one and most horror games, I expected it to be a lot more linear. I mean, most people played like Resident Evil four or pretty much any of the Resident Evil games, but mostly the ones that matter, Resident Evil 4 in particular, um, they're much more linear experiences. And wait, why are you making that face, Josh? Hmm? You disagree with that? Okay. No, it's fine. I just, as much as you defended Deadly Premonition, you're seeming to forget how much you enjoyed an open-world horror game until now. That's true. That's that's true. Actually, I totally forgot about that. And Deadly Premonition was touching on that exact same. That's a good point, Josh. Thank you. Um, so yeah, anyways, that's what surprised me about it on initial impressions. What about you, Fish? Um, yeah, uh, it's introduction was kind of weird. Like the story just feels very ham-fisted to me. Um, and they make a lot of references to, I guess, of what happened in the first game. And, um, that was something that, I don't know, it, uh, since I didn't play the first one, I was a little lost as far as like on the story. But um, the driving mm-hmm. factor in this one is like um, you're a detective. I know it's kind of trophy. You're a detective in just about every horror game nowadays, <laughs> and in horror movies and whatnot. Just trying but, to get um, a damn good cup of coffee. Yeah, exactly. And funny you say that because yes, you because <laughs> that's actually how you. <laughs> fully heal up yourself you go to your safe house and there's a coffee maker there and you could brew up some coffee and that's how you fill up your health um it's true and um yeah i mean it has uh, small things like that um there's a workbench where you could craft all your stuff there and uh, i don't know like i got kind of addicted to the fact that it is an open world and i i kind of like that in a horror genre type of game and like Morgan was saying, like every different house you go to, there's something different going on. Um, some some houses you're just like collecting stuff or like um, you walk into like a garage and you see somebody's dead there and there's two bodies laying there and um, uh, the and garage door closes on you. Yeah. Um, yes, as long as they're unconscious, of course. Um, yeah. It's vicious style. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> Uh, no, like it, yeah, they, they, they definitely prey on you as far as like jump scares go. Um, oh, they prey on you. I like the, yeah. Just like that. Yeah. There's a lot of like, they go for the jump scare a lot. Yeah. They do. Um, but I, I mean, I came across like the, this one enemy that was a little different looking than the other zombies. And it was like an old lady with a knife and the white ones, just, the white ladies. Yeah. Yeah, fuck those things. God damn those Yeah, really? fuck white yeah. ladies. Fuck those old white ladies. Mm. Yeah. Tell us more. <laughs> Josh started it. I'm just jumping in on it. Go ahead, Fish. Finish your old white lady rant. Josh Anyways. started it. <laughs> I just followed it. I'm just being a follower. Settle down. Settle down. Um, 
No, like I, I came across her and I did a sneak attack against her and it didn't kill her because yeah, all these it other fucking kill her. So she's obviously a stronger enemy, which was weird. And um, she had a knife in her hand, which freaked me out. I was like, "Oh fuck, these zombies have knives in their hands!" Because every other zombie I came across was just you know zombies. just walking around all lazily, and this one just freaked me out a bit and i was startled that i could not sneak attack her which i do like the sneak attack um uh method of killing these zombies is you Mm. you could just walk up uh crouched behind them and perform a sneak attack it's very simple but like actually getting up behind them there's kind of a tension that builds where you're like is this zombie actually going to turn around and actually spot me which has happened to me before but um, I do like the stealth mechanics that they introduce in this game where you can like hide in a bush or hide behind a tree or uh, crouch behind something to get out of their line of sight. And um, it, it brings about uh, a sort of tension to the game that I like. Um, not necessarily so much stress because I feel like I have some control over that, uh, which is nice, but... Yeah, killing this white zombie from behind just like kind of threw me off because she she staggered and got back up and like it freaked me out. So I just ran to the nearest bush and tried to crouch away from her, and uh, <laughs> she lost sign of, line of sight on me. And I guess she glitched out at this point because she she went full sprint across the screen and like off into the distance. And I was, I was weirded out. I, I was like, was Oh a, fuck. I just, yeah, I don't know if that was a glitch. glitch just, there, see, that's the thing with the game though. It's a little janky. Like I was watching like that same, that same zombie. Fish talking about, or I don't know if they're zombies, whatever the fuck they are. They're like, they're zombie esque creatures. There's a, there's a lot of monsters in the game that are like yeah. really horrific, like weird creatures assembled by other human body parts with like saw blades for hands and stuff like that. Um, but the, the, that thing fish is talking about drove me crazy because you sneak up on her, you stab her in the head, trying to play the game the right way. And she just turned around and started slapping with her knife. I took a shotgun to her also didn't kill her. And then she killed me and I'm sitting there while I'm staring at a, like a long load screen. And I'm like, the fuck did I do to deserve that shit? Like I'm playing the, the, the and that leads me to like my biggest, like sort of contradiction with the game slash thing I enjoyed about it is that. When you think about it from a philosophical point of view, you're creating a survival horror game. You're creating a game where it's you're very low on resources. An act of generally exploring is stressful, I guess. But on the flip side is they want you to explore this world. And what I was running into was a lot of like, I wanted to explore more houses and places like that, but I didn't have the resources to do it. Cause I knew if I went in there, I was going to use my only healing herb if something went wrong. Right. Or I wasn't finding a lot of bullets cause there aren't a lot and, or I was going to die and that would, or get hurt. And that was going to hurt me later on. Or sometimes you just get surrounded by a bunch of enemies. So part of me wanted to explore, but I felt like I was kind of being punished for it because by design it's a survival horror game it's supposed to be difficult and it's tough it's tough because there's there's upgrade trees in the game like you can um it's it's it turns into more of an action game i was telling fish this it's got an upgrade tree where you sit down and like you every enemy you kill drops like these little this green goo right and you just can put that into um your upgrade tree for like more health faster regeneration more combat power or whatever there's a there's a firing range in the game that teaches you how to shoot more quickly, and you can do that for points. There's also a uh, a workbench. Fish mentioned it, but it's like literally a workbench where you sit down and make all the shit you need. Um, and it 
takes on more of an action game approach. I feel like to enjoy the game more, it's more about buffing up all your stats. Otherwise, exploration, for me personally, was more frustrating than it was enjoyable. And that was like a big problem I had. I don't know, Fish, do you agree or disagree? Or Well, I, I've only played about three hours of it, but the exploration that I did do was... Uh, it was actually felt more organic. Like I was figuring out this town a bit, what's, uh, what's out there, um, you know, kind of thing, the, the herd of zombies that are out there and, mm -hmm. um, getting my bearings on it. Um, they give you like a transmission radio where you, uh, can kind of hone in on different transmissions out there. And it's, it works kind of like your quest giver type of thing where it's pointing you towards areas of interest where you could get, some. Uh, like an upgrade to your ammo pouch, like one of them was, but it works in kind of a weird way because they're radio transmissions that are from like a dead person, uh, but you still hear their voice. So like, there's a lot of psychedelic type of stuff going on in this game as far as like, they're dropping ass. Yeah, like 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 the you see often. Yeah, well, the, the you see like half the world's like falling off from Earth and like or from this. Uh, town and you see oh, I guess we the should other mention half that like detail. flying off in the it's like the it's like the matrix so one small detail it's not a real place <laughs> yeah it's it like, is yeah, that's part of like it, the introduction is like you're jacking into this a central thing that's uh it's supposed to be beneficial to humanity where one person acts as a core and like all these other people jack into their memory i guess um and that's, that's yeah, weird. that's part of the story, because um, apparently your daughter <laughs> in the story was the core, and now you're trying mm -hmm. to find her. His daughter he didn't know was fire. still alive is suddenly alive and controlling this core that he then has to jack into in, in the guise of looking for her, because that's why he's doing it, but they really just want his help to get it all back together. So it's kind of like the Matrix meets Silent Hill dipped in Resident Evil, but like a lot more confusing and strange. Um, mm -hmm. Very. It's got like Inception vibes, too. I can't gotcha. tell if the game has a really suboptimal plot or you guys are just really, really bad at describing what the hell is going on. Because that just sounds like a cluster. Yeah, I, I feel like I just had a stroke. Just... <laughs> okay. Let's break it down in the simplest terms. I'm going to... You you yeah, jack into the Matrix. It's like a Matrix thing you jack into. It's not a real world. It's not an official world. Okay, and it's like a crazy fucked up version of like something like a Silent Hill. It's a town, but like Fish said, the world is controlled by the minds of human beings. Okay, and okay. there, but it's that you're still unraveling some of the stories you go. So that's just sort of the basic premise, For, and that gives them the ability to do weird shit. Like when you're walking around the town, you see it kind of folding up on you, sort of like remember in Inception when like the 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 city was like folding on itself. Yeah, um, you can see parts of the town in the distance that kind of look like they're folding on, like over and up and down and stuff. To so it gives it a really cool visual, but um, hmm. it's not it's not it's it's dumb as any other video game. I, it's, I'm not making fun of it. It's just you know it's a little it's huh. a little out there. I think we should have mentioned <laughs> we and fish forgot to mention that whole detail about you know jacking into the matrix. Um, but it's extra weird for us because we didn't play the first game too. I think so. There's a little bit more of a like. What the fuck? Okay, your daughter, you're finding out she's alive. Okay, you're jacking into the mate. Okay, um, 
Okay, it's, it's, you know. But that's not the biggest problem I have, personally. There are some cool things about the game, though. Like, when you... One thing I do love about it is you're walking around, and some of the houses are locked up and stuff, right? Boarded off or um, locked up by your company, so you can't go into them, I assume, till later on. But you can just walk up to a house and walk inside of it, and sometimes you find these case files. Like, I walked into this one house, and I found this case file with this pretty interesting backstory, and then it triggered this weird, like, flashback. And there's all these, like, sort of, like, weird stories. It wasn't part of the main story. It was just, like, this weird organic thing that you can come across that was kind of cool. And the town itself uh, seems interesting enough, you know? It's, um, it's... I like that idea. I like the organic nature of just walking from place to place. I actually wish it was a bit more vague. Like, they didn't need some crazy overarching story. It was just like, I'm in this weird... Like, almost like a Bloodborne or a Dark Souls. You know those games don't really have, like, a storyline? It's just, like, more of, like, a lore, and you walk around the world, and you're learning things. It's not trying to beat you overhead with, like, a story, right? And it works to those games' advantage. Um, I wish it was a little more like that. Um, but I, I don't mean to ramble on about it. It's just very conflicting. Like, it's, it's a lot to take in in a short amount of time. And it, I don't know, Fish, how did you feel about your... Are you going to stick with it, or are you pretty much done with your rental? Um, well, I returned it today. Um, yeah, I only had two sittings with it. But, um, yeah, once I got into the open world, it, it seemed a little bit more interesting to me. Um, like the thought of exploring an open world, um, gathering supplies it's, and crafting sounds interesting to me. Um, as far as like the story goes, like it's pretty straightforward as far as like the motives of the main character. Um, and that main character is just seems a little, uh, I guess, boring because he's just, you know, a detective who wants to go and save his daughter, and that's his only motive as as of now. Um, so um, the story isn't as engaging to me, but I do yeah, like the, some of the game gameplay mechanics uh, it has as far as um, um, sneaking around uh, the open world. Um, I don't know. It, it, it seems it's like a little Horizon. Bit, it's like Resident yeah. Evil meets Horizon. You can sneak around, sneak it around, and pretty much, yeah. It does give you an appreciation for games like Horizon that do like you know one of the cool things if you guys remember in Horizon is you could like craft things on the fly because when they realized that it was much easier uh, to do, and um, that's one thing. I, in this game, they always make you go back to a workbench, but you'll notice a lot of small things mm. like oh, it'd be nice if I could just craft you know ammunition right now where I'm at instead of having to run all the way across this map to a workbench or something. Um, there's a lot of little changes like that that they did in Horizon that, uh, or games like Horizon that are nice. Like, I'll give you another example. They, you can run from enemies and it's kind of encouraged, like, if you want to save ammo or you don't want to die, just run, run away. You know, running away is okay. Um, except that you have a stamina meter and sometimes I would run away from run and I remember very distinctly last night, I, or a couple nights ago, I ran away from this enemy that was about to kill me. I ran out of stamina. As I kind of hobbled near a truck, four enemies jumped out of the truck and murdered me because I, I didn't have any more stamina to run away. So I, And then I sat there and I was like, fuck. I sat there during a long-ass load time. And then when the load time was over, it took me way back to a shitty checkpoint because the game has like a weird checkpoint system. So like I was losing. I remember distinctly I explored this whole area for about 15 minutes. Checkpoint system took me all the way back to where I lost all of that. And it sucked the, like, the wind right out of my sails because I was like, 
man, I, I worked so hard to explore that little area and I lost it. So the game is kind of a weird checkpoint system too. I guess I, I kind of like the checkpoint system that it has going for it. Um, as far as like it, it checkpoints you from each building that you enter in. So if you just enter into mm-hmm. a building and enter out as you're exploring deeper into uh, Union, Exit. which is a world. What'd I say? Enter out. That's exit. Oh, it's, it's exit. Just a, okay. Enter you know, out. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. Okay, I'm sorry. Sorry. Not to English at you too much here, but. No, they have to no. chime in some way. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, thank you. It didn't uh, bother you. you, you threw free, so it didn't bother you. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, I kind of liked it because uh, as I exited out of a garage, <laughs> I knew I had a checkpoint there. So. I would go up to, uh, uh, you know, further into the world and find, you know, a bunch of zombies and, um, like, fighting zombies is not necessarily easy unless, like, you get the jump on them with a sneak attack, which usually just one-shots them. So, um, I found this one area where there was three zombies, like, all scattered about this little field area, and, um, I was, I was having a hard time taking them all out at once, so, like... Uh, there was times where I would die against them, but it would checkpoint me to a garage that was nearby. So um, eventually, like, I just ran away from that. I don't know if there's a better way to do it in an open world game, honestly. It doesn't feel weird. It's just I yeah. got some pretty raw checkpoints. And this is, and to be more succinct, I'll just say this on any note for me. I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought it was fine, but it started to veer more action y. And it also, a lot of the frustrations I felt with the game. Just it moved, I felt like it was more frustrating than it was like enjoyable than like what I was getting back. And I did a lot of the story just to see where it was gonna go, and it was not interesting at all to me personally. Um, like me and Fish kind of already talked about, but to each their own. You know, the the main character sounds like a a, a gruff Keanu Reeves. He's like, everything he says is like this. So I'm looking for Lily, and it's like it's almost like comical that they recorded it that way. Like they were going for a very specific thing that's very strange. So there's. There's just a lot of things about the game that rubbed me the wrong way, but I like the idea of what it's going for, and I definitely don't think it's a bad game, personally. Hmm. Yeah, definitely. I don't think it's yeah. bad either. It's just, it. I don't know. It just seems like they're it didn't they're pull adding. You in. Yeah, it you didn't. didn't you didn't want to run out and buy it. <laughs> no, definitely. I'm glad I didn't buy it, but uh, I definitely want to check it out again, um, just to try and get further into it. Um, Maybe the story changes up a bit, but um, that's a hard one yeah. for sure. I don't think I could recommend swimming. So yeah, I didn't mean to ramble on about that too much, Tony. But I know it's just the game is really uh, it's, it's been sitting with me for a couple of days, and I've been wanting to talk to somebody about it. So yeah, so did you, so you guys said you didn't play the first Evil Within, right? No. Yeah, like when I first saw the trailer, it reminded me of a lot of like the the cool classic horror movies. Um, so I was really looking forward to it, but personally, I also have never played it, but it looks like a really good game. And especially when you guys are talking about the open world aspect, I don't think that's ever been done before. I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of another open world horror game. But Josh mentioned, uh, there's a game that was kind of niche. If you, uh, if anyone's listening and they want to go Google it, it had its moment in the spotlight about, I want to say seven or eight years ago, it was called Deadly Premonition. Um, it was from, um, God, not Suda51. Swervy. Uh, Swervy. Swervy, yeah. 
He um, who's a he, he's a pretty notorious game director now, and it was a really campy version of like a Twin Peaks horror, um, but it was like very B level. Like th- the charm of that game was how B level it was. So yeah, I yeah. think that's um, it. Though. I think the most recent horror game I can think of is um that one that's based on Friday the Thirteenth, like the one where like oh, yeah 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 the multiplayer yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the multiplayer one. But um, yeah, I mean, the Evil Within too. it's like, it's pretty cool that it's open world, and I'm looking forward to trying it out too, so. It, it, the problem is that it doesn't hold a candle to one of my favorite games of the year, which is Resident Evil 7. Um, Resident Evil 7 is a very refined vision of what it wants to do, uh, and other than the last act of that game, which where it kind of, you know, goes down the action path, um, it's like, it spoiled me in a lot of ways. Um, having said that, they are going for different things, so. It's, have you guys uh, have you guys tried VR on that? I have played the whole thing in VR. It's it's oh, incredible, okay. yeah. Have you? Um, I have VR, but I actually don't get the game yet. Okay, you have the PSVR. You haven't tried uh, Resident Evil though, huh? No, I haven't actually tried VR since um that James Bond game. I expect you to die. I don't know if you know that one. I don't remember that one. No. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the last time I used the VR. I yeah, if you have a PSVR, I definitely recommend popping Resident Evil Seven in there if you get a chance. That is like a game. That is like a life changer for me, honestly, as far as what VR can do. Um, just really unsettling. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, that's the Evil Within Two. At least, just keep in mind if you're listening to this, we only I played about six hours of it. Fish played like three. So we just wanted to have some opinions on the, the game itself, but we're not claiming to have played the whole damn thing. Um. Moving a little bit on, Josh, did you want to talk a little Hollow Knight? I know you've been kind of going on about it. I put it in the show notes, but I didn't ask you about it before the show. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I finally got around to playing some Hollow Knight, which has been one that I've been interested in since it came out. Um, mm-hmm. but just just haven't had the time. I've been so busy this summer with the move and everything else going on, and uh, you know, playing. Playing the Metroid game that came out this summer instead of, you know, some other Metroidvania-type game, um, which turns out to have been a mistake, because um, Hollow Knight is just ridiculously good. Um, I mean, it's it's a Metroidvania-style game, but it's really closer to the direction that Dark Souls has taken that genre. Um, but again you know back in 2d um instead of doing the 3d thing that they've been doing um and it is it is really good it is really good um it's it's just like dark souls in that there are no objective markers anywhere you have to figure out what's going on there's barely a story you you have to figure out what's what's happening in the world around you and it's just it's it's really hard, but but really tight controls. Really, stuff doesn't happen to you. You you is make it like mistakes. Is hard? Yes. Like, do you go back yes. to checkpoints? Are they or do you go back to save points? How you go all? back to save points. Um, okay. It is it is just like the old school Metroid, Metroid games, where if you if you manually save, you are saved. That's it. Um, with mm. with the exception that it has a Dark Souls esque feature where all your items and stuff you keep, you lose all your money anytime you die, unless you make it back to your body. 
Um, hmm, okay. So you... That's very, that's very dark. Soul. Yeah, so you... You are saved anywhere you get to a save point, but you can still lose all your money. Um, okay. So, yeah. Well, and you're like, from what I saw, the... You're like, a, are you a bug trying to murder other bugs? Because <laughs> whenever, I... yeah, yeah, it's it's the whole thing. The whole the whole world is bugs. It's uh, um, mm-hmm. kind of this. Uh, I couldn't really place a time to it. Kind of not really fantasy, but kind of fantasy type um, setting. Just yeah. with with bugs. Well, the art style so. is almost like black and whitish, like kind of. Like almost gothic um mm-hmm. insect warriors. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah, it is. It's um kind of like a dark blue color palette, but mm-hmm. with basically anything that could hurt you being more of a orange tint to kinda you know telegraph to you what's going on. Um, okay. For the most part. That's that switches around in different different areas but the the first bit and the majority of it is kind of follows that color scheme um Um, so definitely don't play that game if you have a uh entomophobia or a phobia or fear of insects yeah if you have a fear of intimacy it's really not a game for you (laughs) it's oh shay (laughs) what i'm 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 I guess now's time to get a, any to tell my the fans that uh, I'm afraid of uh, getting close to someone. Mm. <laughs> uh, Intimacy okay. scares me. D- just be honest about it. Just let it out. Yeah. Um, Fish, actually, that's going to be the topic on the gas station philosophy podcast we're going to be recording in about an hour. So hopefully you're there for that. Awesome. Cool. I'll be sure to <laughs> tell you how much... Yeah. Uh, I have a problem with video games. <laughs> I like I like you guys just prep prep for that show. It's in an hour, and you guys are just uh, talking about it right now. That's uh-huh. do a lot of prep for that podcast. We do. <laughs> um, it's improv. Goddamn. Improv. Okay, you know that's you know another uh, philosophy to live by. So yeah, so Josh, it's like what's the hook though? Like if I think of like a game like Outland that me and Shay really love, that was a Metroidvania game. The hook was that it's Metroidvania, but it had that sort of shmup type thing where you could change your color based off the enemy attacks. You know, it was almost like a mm-hmm. like a shooter. Like, what's the hook here besides it being a Metroidvania? Uh, let me think. Is it just the the quality of it, the art style? Well, like, it's is there... it's it's fairly hardcore. Like it, like I said before, it mm. doesn't really do objective markers like you get late in the game and it shows you the general area where three objectives are and you have to kind of go look in these three areas but other than that there is nothing there's nothing that shows you how to get there it's just go to this general area and you can't even get to all three of them immediately you have to figure out which ones you can get to from that point um oh okay i guess i guess the as far as unique gameplay element goes to it, it has an interesting health system where anytime you damage an enemy, you build up this focus meter that you can use to replenish your health. Um, yeah. 
but it, it takes time, so it's not like something you can easily do in combat. Um, but that kind of... It's interesting because basically that means that since you can usually heal back up after an encounter, all the encounters can be harder. Uh, without, mm. without meaning that you'll get stuck in a spot that a lot of times Bloodborne or the Souls games will get to where a, you've been through a bunch of really hard stuff, you have no health, you have no resources, you're kind of stuck trucking back all the way to a bonfire in order to try it again. They kind of yeah. avoid that issue by doing that because basically anytime you get into a fight, you'll be able to heal yourself afterwards. But it's it's still very, very lethal. It's it's usually something that can kill you um, mm. in, until you know okay. all the enemy patterns and stuff. So, all right, hell, it was a little stressful coming mm. off Cuphead, thinking of going in another brutal game, man. I'm like, I'm already fried from mm-hmm. my Cuphead time. Yeah, but it looks cool. How's the music? Your your cup hath runneth over. It Is that all. fair to say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good. It's fairly atmospheric. Um it's fairly understated, but it's good. Um so yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Hollow Knight. I definitely want to get around to that one before uh game of the year. Um I did finish Cuphead as well. Are you familiar with Cuphead at all, Tony? Sorry, I was on mute. Um, <laughs> uh, the um, yeah, I've heard of Cuphead, and um, I think One Track Gamers did a review on it, but I personally did not play it yet, so I'm not too familiar with it. Just kind of visual, yeah. It's 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 brutal, and you know, Cuphead is. It's a very, there's nothing like it out there. It's so visually distinctive and difficult. But I finished it. I finished it. Fish, the pressure is now on you after all the shit you were mm-hmm. talking. No, mm-hmm. what? No, you were talking shit. You've on. ran away from it. I'm just, you no, ran I away haven't. from it. No, I haven't. I've made progress to that. I am, I'm on the third world. And um, I'm up to the mermaid and the robot. So um, right. that robot's a bitch, but. Yeah. I fucking hate its first form. Its first form yeah. is just like so brutal. Like they throw Dude, all this shit the... at you right off the bat, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I don't even want to deal with this right now because I just got done, you know, defeating the ship boss, who is just equally, if not yeah. harder. Um, I think the than... ship boss is not. Once you get his pattern down, he's yeah, and, yeah. And, th- and that's kind of the beauty of the game uh, that I'm really enjoying is the fact that you're. You're getting better on each phase of the boss to the point where you're fairly pretty much perfect on those where you're not losing health or you're just making one mistake going all the way up to its final form. And you're just you feel that progression of your skill level on certain bosses. And um, it's something that's more harking back to like the olden days of playing, you know, older games in the 16 bit era in 2D platformers where uh, you're going through a stage and eventually you beat it, but it, there's a lot of um, trials and tribulations as far as getting to the end of it. And um, a lot of games nowadays, it's they're holding your hand through a story or um, it's pretty story-driven where the the gameplay itself is not as challenging. And this one just turns that up on its, uh, on its head and um, uh, makes just that... Just wait till King dies, Fish. 
Just wait till King dies. I can't wait. I can't that wait. I can't wait to get fight. to him. It's cool. It's really, really fucking cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I it got to the point where, like, even though I have a love hate relationship with that game, it's like a relationship with someone who's just incredibly beautiful but maddeningly crazy, and um, a lot of fun to be around, but just frustrating as hell and unforgettable. But you just want, you know, it's it just causes you so many headaches. And uh, that's Cuphead in a lot of ways. And uh, I was I was staying up to like two in the morning. At one point, it was like one in the morning. I stopped playing it. I was on the robot. It was the last boss I had. And I I went to I laid in bed, and I literally could not sleep. I was like, I have to beat the fucking. Ro- I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't. Like I couldn't go to sleep. Upset. It was like you know if you get in a fight with your girlfriend, you can't sleep because it's like this awkward like unresolved thing. It was kind of like that until so mm-hmm. I just went back and spent another hour trying to beat it until I did, and I was like, Oof. God, that game is. Such a love hate relationship I have that thing, but it really is an incredible game. So yeah. good luck, Fish. I wish you the best. Oh, yeah. Thank you, thank you. Tip for that boss for that robot, so yeah, you, so yeah. you don't take an Hot hour tips. there. Um, Hot tips. That whole first phase, stop it. It changes as you damage him, like it, like oh, each yeah. each mechanical yeah. upgrade. So try uh-huh. to uh, damage him in the spots that are going to be easier to avoid first. Oh, so, okay. So I, I just can, knew about his chest, his yeah. chest being vulnerable and getting rid of that. But that mechanic yeah. actually sounds like it's the easiest part of him as far yeah. as like avoiding it and um, negating. The tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Because he gets his got, last uh, form, he's just 10 minutes of bullet hell. So <laughs> good luck yeah. with that. Yeah. Like his last form is like the rest of the bar. Like it's the, the first two bar, phases yeah. are like mm-hmm. these short little chunks. And then like. I haven't get, got past the first uh, phase, but whenever you die, you know, you see the whole fa- phases, and his last phase is, like, nearly uh, three-fourths of the... Yeah. It is, but his last phase never killed me once, so there's... It's oh, it's nothing what? it's nothing compared the to the... fuck are you talking? Don't listen okay. to that shit. That his last yeah, phase never promising. killed me. Good God. That's insane. That's insane, Josh. It's basically the entire screen is full of bullets constantly. So, <laughs> no slipping up. That sounds fun. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see how you hang in there, buddy. Um, as far as Trey, <laughs> I'm rooting against you, Fish. I'm right there rooting against you. Like all good friends do. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the support, Morgan. You're welcome. Uh, and then you haven't, you haven't got to the train yet. Yeah, good luck on that fucking train, the last form. Is, uh, we'll talk about that some other day. Um, mm-hmm. but fucking mm-hmm. Cuphead, man, that's a game. Uh, fucking Train is the name of Morgan's next porno. No, no, no. Not a creative... <laughs> that was that's his first porno. Enough... Yeah, that's not a creative yeah. name. Fucking he wasn't train, a big enough on. name to headline at that point, so. I, I'm, I think of creative names if I'm going to go down that route, okay? Nothing too obvious. Um, I have a comment, but on that I'm note... going to leave it off the air. <laughs> For it being too close to your personal life. Okay. Oh man, my personal life is always unfortunately on the air. Um, so we have a bio, a cool bio break story this week. Um, that I want to introduce here real briefly. Um, we always like to talk about a uh, a biology article with our resident biologist Shay and kind of break up the talk here before we get to the back end of the show. And this one's really cool. Um, because it sort of changes how we looked at the nature of fear, which I thought 
fit well into today's show with like the evil within and stuff like that. Uh, and the summary of this article, which I did find on Science Daily, uh, is the title of the article is Itsy Bitsy Spider Fear of Spiders and Snakes is Deeply Embedded in Us. And the summary of the article is basically snakes and spiders evoke fear and disgust in many people, even in developed countries where hardly anybody comes into contact with them. Until now, there has been debate about whether the aversion is innate or learned. Scientists have recently discovered that it is hereditary. Even babies feel stressed when seeing these creatures long before they could have learned this reaction. And there's all sorts of, uh, of course, they go more deeply into it, and there's all sorts of graphs as well. And it's kind of sad that they subjected babies to these pictures of snakes and spiders. <laughs> I told my girlfriend about this. She's like, that's fucked up. Why did they do that? I was like, it's for science. It had to be done. They weren't real snakes and spiders. <laughs> pictures. Pictures. Wow. Um, I feel wow. like if you say for science, it's like applicable to anything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's become a meme at this point. It's like, can I, mm, can I science, see yeah. pictures of your naked sister for science? Yeah. Oh, Shay, come on. Oh. I, I see that all the like that shit all the time. Oh, my sister? I'm not, Jesus I'm not being depressed. Not your sister. How do you know sister. boundaries? Fish, do you have a sister? He does, yeah. I'm not answering that now. Did, did you hear how he said that? Well, no, did no, you no, hear no, how no, he no, said no, that? no. Fish, do you have a sister? No, I feel bad that I don't know she that about you. He needs to know. Yeah, For science. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Fish. <laughs> The scientists over there. God, I feel so I bad. I don't. I, no, 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 I don't. I don't want to see your sister naked. I feel bad that I didn't know you had a sister. I'm really sorry. Well, that's why he doesn't tell people because this is what yeah. happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to, I have to shield her from the world. Uh-huh. Yeah, he definitely does have a sister. A uh, fish is a man of many secrets, you know. So. Um, but anyways, it's it's an interesting article because it basically talks about the nature of these babies who had a very strong reaction. Now, they can only measure this in certain ways because the baby can't talk. So they measure like the biggest thing that they're measuring was like the, the pupils and how much they would widen um, because they would only widen to a very like degree that resembles like stress and anxiety and stuff like that when they were shown snakes and spiders, but not when they were shown other things like bears and tigers and stuff like that interestingly enough and there's a reason for that that i'll get to but it was a really cool article about how they were able to find this out um shay a resident biologist i know you looked it over when you saw this like what what were you thinking i thought this article was bullshit all right all right <laughs> and next topic no i'm just kidding go ahead no no i'm gonna i'm gonna seriously tell you why um my first issue with this is and I need, I need to actually go in and read the study itself, not the article. Um, the issue with this is that the article makes it seem as if that's, that's an automatic, like that because these infants have their pupil, um, that pupil reaction to the pictures of the snakes and the spiders, that it's, it's just an automatic given at that point. And I think that is not good science because... They accounted for the fact, the lighting factor, which is good. Um, but what they're not putting into account, or they're at least not saying in this article, is how these pictures were presented to the babies. Because if I'm like, here's a picture of a flower, of course the baby's going to be like, oh, it's a nice happy voice. Now here's a picture of a snake. Of course I'm going to be like, what the fuck? 
you know, and these babies, it, it, it all depends on how it was presented. If they even just said nothing and just went like this, it's good. And that's uh, so people know it's just like same gesture. Uh, I just realized no one can see that because we're on a podcast. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, it, uh. but it, I mean, gestures even play into that. Um, like what's going on on top of that my my other big issue is that they in the article they say let me read from interestingly it is known from other studies that babies do not associate pictures of rhinos bears or other theoretically dangerous animals with fear so my 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 qualm with that is just taking another another um article or not another article another scientific study and just accepting that um granted you don't want to be redundant but at the same time with with a study this seemingly simple you think you'd want to do your own research because science is not perfect people even make mistakes in during scientific studies methods are poor hypotheses are written incorrectly why would you not want to test something like that I feel like, I mean, and it could even depend on what picture they selected. Like, if it's like very well, I mean, the idea is that if someone calm. else has already done, you're very. I, I appreciate your skepticism. I do. I think you make a lot of valid points, and because especially I know this is your field in particular. But I, I think it's fascinating to me how skeptical you are of, to some degree, your own peers. It's like you don't trust the scientific community because you're looking for all these holes. Like, like these scientists are idiots, and they're like, here's a flower, here's a snake! Because, I mean, like, who the fuck would do that? Or, like, the rest of... I mean, I... I You'd think be you surprised. You'd be if surprised. they want to change the study so that... Look, that's fair. But, I mean, you're basically... It just sounds like you have a very negative perspective of the scientific community. No, 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 no. See, and this, let me edify you a little bit. Um, we're, when you go to college and when you potentially want to be a scientist in any field, one of the things that is drilled into your head is to question everything and mm -hmm. basically to seek out the answers you desire in, in anything. So even if there's a scientific study that says one thing, you still want to question it. You want to you want to evaluate everything that is being done there, and that's okay because you want your peers to back up your research and to say, "Yeah, this is solid research. You had great methods. You had a great hypothesis. Your conclusion was apt." You want that. That that is the point of science: is to basically be backed up by a large group of people that and. What I'm doing is what every, every not every other, but a majority of other scientists do is look at something and try and figure out how could the study have been done better? How could this have been worded better? Did they account for each variable? And if they didn't, why? And how could the, like, if they didn't account for this, well, can this be a reliable study? To me, yeah. Well, that, um, okay. No, go ahead. To to me, it's just not. It's not the, and this is why I'm saying I need to read the actual study and not the mm -hmm. article because the article leaves a lot of questions unanswered, like what the, their exact methods were. And 
Yeah. That's probably um, just could be a, a time for the article. But I thought it's interesting yeah. if you read your body language and your and your verbiage. After reading this article, your first thoughts publicly were, "This is bullshit." So that's fascinating. I was, I was just trying to be. And I, and uh, I, and I, I was trying to be subversive. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe, but I mean, I'm not even judging. I I respect your right to think it's bullshit. I just think it's fascinating that. I think it just sounds internally like there is a lot of cynicism there. But, I mean, it doesn't mean you're wrong either. I'm just saying I just think it's interesting. Um, there's, it seems like there's a, okay. a, a high level of skepticism there. Of course, of course. And I think that um, I think that's a healthy thing to have whenever you read a scientific article, to be honest with you, you or me or any other person. And not just science. But, I mean, anything in general. Anything yeah. you read that hasn't been made by a source you yeah. trust you should well, always mm-hmm. question yeah anything. especially science articles because science articles are written worse than almost anything in all of journalism um oh wow that's a bold claim. well yeah because i mean it's written by people who don't understand what's happening um exactly i mean some of the things i read in that article seemed like things that were probably not actually said outright in mm. in the paper that was published well, okay um, and that's true and I, okay i what i was, what i want to know from you guys just from a perspective was that the idea was interesting like i guess if you believe it's bullshit then it, the thinking about it is less interesting yeah. to you well but i guess just the idea that we were could find those things uh, you know innate within us as a fear mechanism if that was true before even being able to understand what they are Mm. Okay. Well, I guess I guess if you want to approach it from that way, um the the article itself, the content, um removing my skepticism and remo- removing all of that. It's it's an interesting enough topic in that I think that's certainly possible. Um you look you look at evolutionary history and you look at um behaviors that have evolved over time. I think that could be somewhat intuitive. Um if it is, they find it to be a reasonable theory. I, I think that, you know, our ancestors had to deal with many, many different problems um, when, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago. So I think that certainly could be hundreds of thousands. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I had to make sure my my timeline was okay. It's impossible. Um, yeah, they they for sure. I think, I think not for sure, but I think it's certainly within the realm of possibility that you know babies or we are predispositioned. Uh, probably not the best word choice to be afraid of certain things because you see something and you're like, that's gonna fucking kill. That's going to kill me. I don't want it to kill me. I need to be afraid of it. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, I think yeah. personal, personally, very possible. And I want to bring our, our guest in here for a second. I know, sorry, we were kind of rambling Definitely. on. We get locked in these discussions, Tony, so forgive us. But um, <laughs> as we discuss this, is there anything you want to, want to say here? I actually agree with Shay because... Um, um, I'm also in the healthcare industry, and every time I see a article about like some kind of new um, conclusion, I scrutinize the hell out of that thing. 
Because, um, exactly. you know, yeah, like like one of the things you, you look at is like, oh, who's sponsoring the study? Who's paying for the money for this company to go through that study? Um, that in itself is already uh, something that you want to look at, right? And, yes. um, and, you know, it's, you know, science is something that's repeatable. So if it's the first study out there, it's not supported yet. You got to wait for a little bit until like other studies can repeat it. And once it's repeatable, mm-hmm. then that's that's the point where you're like, okay, maybe this does have some validity to it. But other than that, like it's it's really like still up in the air every time it's like the first study out. You really gotta like analyze everything as much as you can. Uh, look at the stats, seeing if, like they're doing the stats correctly. If they're like you know um, leaving out certain populations that may actually really be important, but because they're excluding it, it's making the result look better than it really is so there's like so many different factors you know so yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. i mean it's if and not to go too tangential on this just one really quick point um that tony made that i think is perfect is you definitely want to look at who's paying for it because if if i'm a scientist and i want to get funded and this is this is the truth no one no one is um above this i don't think and that's the unfortunate reality that if I want to make sure I get funded for future studies or I want a level of plausibility in the science community, I want to make sure I get results. And that not all science is this way and not all scientists do this. So I don't ever want to give the science community a bad name. Uh, they're some of the most ethical and upstanding people I've ever met. However, you know, with any group of people, there are those few. And some people want to make sure they get paid and they want to make sure they look like they're damn good scientists and they're whatever they're studying, yeah. they get the best results possible. Yeah. This is, it's just so gross. I mean, like, you're right, but it just sucks that that's, I mean, I, if there's anything I've learned from this life, podcast, man. it's, I know, but uh, it's just, it sucks. <laughs> if, there's anything, if there's anything we learned from this podcast, it's that Fish hates video games and Shay hates science. And that's really all there is to it. I mean, <laughs> no, I love science. I love science. I, yeah, I love um, video games too. I, I will about? say this, and then we can move on. Um, Your conviction. I, I think everyone made some pretty good points on this, and I guess we can move on. I will just say that I, my final point is that I have a little baby, and all I do is make dumb faces at her all day and see the things that she says and what her eyes do, and babies just make weird eyes at everything. That's my own science, okay? Exactly. Like, they're just, they're just. <laughs> Morgan said babies. it, therefore it's the truth. <laughs> they're just little babies. They just go ah, and all sorts of weird shit. So I don't know. I thought the article was interesting, but yeah, I. It's hard for me to 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 get too excited about that. Um, Precisely. God damn, Precisely. these scientists. Do they even have babies? Do they even know what they're like. <laughs> um, on that it's, note, you know. One one really quick weird aside. When I was working in a lab back at college, mm-hmm. um, they at, at my college they had a separate uh, section on the same floor that I was on where they were doing tests similar to these on children. So they'd have like a little puppet, and it would be like, hey, 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 hey how you doing? And the baby would laugh, and then they'd have a fucking scary mask like a really scary mask and be like boo and scare scare the shit out of the child and i was like damn who brings their child in to do this 
Let me tell you, there are <laughs> plenty of parents willing to for money, a little yeah. extra money. There are plenty. Uh-huh. It's sad. Dude, there was that video that guy did where this these kids were going in for an audition and they were being they were videotaping the parents and they were just asking him things like your kid will probably be exposed to like flames potentially explosions are you okay with that and they were like sure yeah like parents were willing to it's like uh-huh. they were just either trusting or negligent it was it was insane and uh that's what you may think of shape or but, yeah, ignorant I mean, yeah the sample exactly. size for these things is always of children of parents who are willing to put their kids in a study so that's something you always have to take into consideration for these things. So. The eh, if the child dies, I can always have another one. Yeah. 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 That is, my that is my so loins are still producing. I I still think that the the even if it's kind of all for naught, I still think the uh the studies themselves are interesting in theory. Definitely. Um moving on the though, an- uh, the answers that they seek out to the answers that sorry, the questions that they seek to answer are always uh, fascinating. Always. Yes. And that's coming from somebody yes. who hates science. So that means <laughs> Zing. Um, on the last 15 minutes here, as we kind of wrap it up, we'll kind of roll around, see um, anything exciting worth mentioning this week. Uh, Tony, uh, so you were our guest this week. And that was a weird, weird way of saying it. Um, but you are also part of a podcast. You're kind of familiar with this whole podcasting thing. Uh, yes, yeah, so I am part of the No Time for Time Travel podcast, and you know we actually like initially it was me and my friend Lamb. Um, we always had like you know conversations that were we always thought were funny, and we were thinking like, hmm, who else would think our our um our conversation would be entertaining? So we were just like, okay, let's try this podcasting to see if like we have an audience, and turns out we do. So um you know so you guys can check it out check us out at uh, no time for time travel so um it's me and my friend Lamb and then another friend named Quack um we're all in different locations and um I'm in Orange County in California my friend Lamb is in NorCal and my friend Quack he's in Canada so Vancouver <laughs> um but yeah cool cool yeah awesome well it's always cool to have someone it's, from it's another quality place. stuff quality stuff Definitely heard some well, of the episodes. It's good stuff. I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, me too in preparation. I Yeah, I enjoy having people from podcasts as well because they're more familiar with uh, kind of what's going on. But yeah, I mean, is there anything just kind of on the topic of what we just been... Are you playing anything right now in your life, Tony? Like, just aside, like, you, what video game are you playing right now? Uh, right now, I so I have this habit of, like, impulse buying so so um i typically bought a well impulse buying actually started more with like when i got the switch so everything on mm. the online store i just started impulse buying so i recently bought pokemon tournament um mm-hmm. because it's like oh it's pokemon yeah, and it's a fighting game so perfect so oh, yeah, yeah. um and then uh i just recently got around to finally buying injustice 2 so i'm playing mm. that on my ps4 and it's pretty cool Awesome. See, I had a couple, I had two quick hitter questions for you, okay, Tony? Um, The true test, all right? Are you ready? All right. What? One, you'd agree the greatest fighting game of all time is the original Soul Calibur, correct? Soul Calibur? Yes, for weapon fighting games, it's the best weapon fighting game. Okay. Good answer. It's a good answer, yeah. You had to throw that weapon caveat, but I respect that. (laughs) 
best fighting game though, Tekken. No, <laughs> no. What? Come on. I, I agree. Love that that Tekken. is a fighting I love game. You, okay. One, I'll take it that. Is, Josh. That is a fighting game. Yes. <laughs> I'll take you. Are you Fish, are I agree with you. Hmm. Okay. Wait, you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah I really you do. Played Tekken games. Shay. Five years ago. Tekken Six, baby. Actually, I was doing research on Tekken Seven since um, I didn't know this. It was out in 2015 in Japan, and it just came out everywhere worldwide this year. Hmm. I didn't yeah, know that. Of course, Tekken. They even you had just, it in arcades. Where have you been? Well, where have I mean, you been? How, yeah. how do you not know that? I mean, you're in Japan now. You, you know what the time zones are. Mm. It's... Did you know that yesterday? Um, it was announced that Chris Paul of the Houston Rockets is going to be out for a few weeks because oh, of no. an injury, Josh. <laughs> did you know that? Hmm. Well, it happened in America. How did you not know that? Hmm. See that logic? See that mm-hmm. logic? See? I like this. the first time Shay's ever gotten snappy with Josh. And mm-hmm. he just wanted a way to talk basketball on the yeah. podcast. You well, but, I mean, he should know that <laughs> nice. Japan is two years ahead. That's true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll concede to that. I'll concede to that. Um and you would also agree you you're a big fan of Pokemon, right? Tony? Oh, me? Yeah, sorry. Oh, um I'm I'm an okay fan. Uh okay. I watch the anime. I'm I'm just not a big RPG person, so uh, I wasn't a big fan yeah. of the RPG game. Wow. But you would agree that Blastoise is the best Pokemon, right? <laughs> I would agree he's in the top three. Top three. Oof. That's that's a tough answer. Let me guess. Top three of the first three? <laughs> Charizard, Bulbasaur. What are your top three? Uh, you gotta have Mewtwo, because he's like super o- OP. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Charizard and Blastoise. Alright. And we all, you know, water beats fire, so yep. we have our answer. Right? There we go. But All does right. he beat Psychic? Ugh, probably not. No, no, he's got regular... No special defense? He's got a really high special defense, so he might be able to put up a fight. Oh, um, yeah. I know that yeah. from my years of Blastoise training. <laughs> All those Eves. Um, but I don't know. That'd be a cool thing to see. How that fight would play out. N- uh, nerd. Nerd, I know, God. I, I, it sucks that I'm not in Pokemon anymore because the games have been kind of... You know, wrote at this point. Is that the word I'm looking for? Wrote. So it's kind of a bummer that uh, I'd love to get back into Pokemon uh, someday soon. Uh, when they make the Pokemon game, we all want. Um, is there anything else you want to mention on the show today, Josh? Uh, um, kind of wrap things up. Anything exciting happening as we do our little roundup here? No, just more moving, more stuff. You know, just just house stuff. Um, we're trying to get out of the um storage unit as soon as we can hopefully by the end of the month so we don't have another month of that um okay. so we are our house is full of crap now cuz we've just been bringing stuff here even if we don't have a spot for it just to just to get out of there for now mm-hmm. so yeah just been been busy playing as playing as much as i can but yeah just just busy so just busy what about you, Fish? Have you been just... Oh, I got a funny story. So, Fish, this is the night... Fish, why don't you tell everyone what... So, you rented um, The Evil Within 2 from Redbox on Wednesday. 
You want to tell everyone what happened mm-hmm. Wednesday mm-hmm. night? Tell us the story. What, it's Wednesday a funny story. night. Uh, well, Wednesday night, I was enjoying about a good hour of uh, The Evil Within 2. I think I just got past the introduction and had gone into the open world, didn't necessarily see how open it was. Um, uh, till I got a call from one of the pizza bros, bada bing, bada boom. No, the call from the pizza bros. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, we, we had to put some, uh, had to put some Vex, uh, down, you know, blow their skulls <laughs> wide open, so, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> I chose Destiny 2 over playing Evil <laughs> Within 2. That's good, by the way, Josh just messaged us, he said, and then your wife wanted a little Evil Within. <laughs> That happened the that's a, the other mm-hmm. night, actually, Josh. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> she he had to wait. That's he plays Destiny thing. until she passes out. That's his mm-hmm. that's his rule. That's the foreplay. <laughs> How long he just looks over. Hot damn, it's time. <laughs> mm-hmm. He does the, the arm <laughs> check where you lift you lift the arm up and then drop it and see if it's, you know, like limp. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, she's ready. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was a funny story because he literally he literally rented the Evil Within two from Redbox. He's on a one day rental, and still ended up playing Destiny till four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, doing the we, raid. We, we did the raid. We did the raid. Yes, and um, yeah, next we were week, doing we're, the... We'll talk about the raid oh. next week. I'm gonna uh, hold okay. back your uh, ejaculate for a little bit. Oh, oh, oh you're gonna give me. You blue balled me. You can uh, wait. You'll make it. <laughs> Speaking of that, that reminds me of something. But anyways, go this ahead, Josh. I was going to interrupt you. I just Jesus didn't want you to Christ, talk about the radio. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well. We have a Destiny guest next week. Firekeeper is supposed to be here. And we're and I don't want it to blow our load too soon. Mm. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> they're, they're all metaphors, okay? They're just metaphors. Stop it. Stop it. Tony- Tony gets it. Tony gets Come on. it. Tony doesn't get it. Tony I think you should add a second it, metaphor you... to your repertoire. I'm going to say I get it just because. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's a team player, even though sure. he likes fighting games. I, I get it. Just leave me out of this. Um, no, go ahead, Fish. Was there something you were going to add to that? Um, the raid? Yeah. I did the yeah I didn't actually finish it though but um, yeah we did the guided games uh, got all the way up to the last boss uh, Callus and that's when um, some of the people had to leave because of work um, myself included so but yeah man that read uh, takes forever so um okay cool yeah it was fun uh, definitely had a blast doing that um, trying to think of what else of note happened this week for me um. No, that's about it. Regular work week. But yeah, um, I just thought it was the whole story was just always amuses me. But yeah, that's cool. I'm glad you did try the Evil Within though, so we could talk mm-hmm. about it a bit. Um, I'm also playing South Park and Gran Turismo for our next podcast. Uh, so uh, if you get feeling frisky at your red box and you see any of those, don't be shy. Just dive right in. Uh, I've I've heard some. Well, I've heard some people talking about. Um, uh, the fractured butthole South Park game, and yeah, it sounds pretty comical actually. Like, um, what's I mean, that title? I, uh, South Park Fractured Butthole. Fractured what? 
butthole. Thank you. Was, was that a was that a little? Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to hear him say butthole a bunch. <laughs> butthole. We're yeah. all eight years old again. Butthole. 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 Can't help it. Um, yeah. Uh, Fish, can you hold your tongue for me and say apple? <laughs> apple. All right, just, just you know. I don't know. That just that didn't come out the way I thought it was going <laughs> to. Huh. Apple. Apple. See, I can do it. That's she I was the perfect. <laughs> I was the perfect guinea pig for that when I was in the playground. Tony, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was the best guinea man. Pig I was uh, I was just sitting here trying it myself while in silence <laughs> while you guys were doing it. <laughs> Josh remembered that one. He had himself on mute so we couldn't hear him. Um, oh man, join join us, Tony. Join us. Say aho. All together us. now. Aho. 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 There we go. That was a good one. <laughs> Oh, fuck, <laughs> fuck, man. Uh, These are the moments I live for where five guys can say asshole on a podcast. Bury them at the end of the podcast. Um, yeah, I uh, I moved my daughter's crib up to our room this week. And we totally rearranged it so my room is like a real adult's room now. And I got we got a crib in there, so that's cool. Um, and she out in the hallway? A lot of, a lot of... Yeah, yeah. No. It's, um... Mm-hmm. So we've been waiting to finally move the actual crib yeah. crib up there for a long time. Yeah, finally uh, moved her out of the just... lab. Yeah. No more tests. <laughs> no, no more pictures of snakes and spiders. <laughs> <laughs> they transferred her back to us from the college where she was staying. Um, as far as things we got up this week, just a couple small things uh, in regards to me and Fish playing The Evil Within, our podcast. Uh, a picture I'm very proud of that has gotten over 200 likes. But I'm most proud of it just because it looks real cool. It's a Cuphead Fight Club, a.k.a. Wallop Club. And I just love that for some reason. Um, yeah, so it's been a good week. And uh, I was going to say, well, it's sort of on the note that you guys were talking about, Josh, and holding fish back. Um, if our listeners, if you're in a relationship or you have some sort of a sexual partner, I was going to say, and Shay's already cringing, but... I was going to say, try, I try to leave a little message at the end of the show and, you know, try something new. And if you want to spice up your sex life, but you've tried everything, you know, the handcuffs, the whips, um, every position in the book, whatever it's, whatever you've done. Um, one thing that can really spice up your sex life in a fun way is not having sex. Now, I know that sounds crazy. Um, Shay will be with me on this one. Um, but uh, basically what you do is... You you can't even keep a straight face. You withhold, something my therapist talked to me about, you withhold sex from your partner for about a week, five to seven days. And um, and then it just... You know, you know, I have the suspicion Mm -hmm. that maybe your girlfriend paid your therapist to say this. (laughs) She wanted me to withhold... Here's the thing. (laughs) She... It's harder for her. Like my libido is kind of weird, especially on my uh, my antidepressants, my anti anxiety medication. My libido is kind of weird, so like it was affecting our sex life, which is why I talked about it. So believe it or not, my girlfriend's actually been angry at me all day today, like violently angry because I will not 
have sex with her, but I know that when we finally do have sex tomorrow, it's going to be that much sweeter. So if you're out there and you're listening, just think about it, or maybe you've tried it before and you're married and you know what it's like, and you don't, don't roll over to your unconscious spouse like fish every evening and just start plugging away. Try something different. That's all I have to say. Shay, how was your week? I have better, I have better <laughs> advice. Don't listen to Morgan for sex advice ever. No, oh, he, yeah, all that holding back, I'm sure he went from, you know, five minutes to six minutes now. Hey. I'm sure it just went straight to his brain, Every minute fish. counts, Fish. Oh. Every minute counts. Mm. It's the quality of those, you know. You shouldn't well, be able to count the minutes. Well, you know. Yeah. At least my spouse is awake for those six minutes. So. Yeah, I get lost in time with my wife. <laughs> it's just like she's in a dream. So my week, I just, <laughs> my week. I had the weirdest dream, Fish. I was. <laughs> you won't believe what happened. It's like a my week. Just... My week. Okay. My week, not really. Um, this week okay. was super, well, super that... busy. Um, I we had the culture festival yesterday, which is a traditional Japanese day where the whole school gets involved. They make a bunch of art and they show their parents and the PTA and the bo- um, education board what they've been working on. Um, and they focus on, on certain things, like one classroom focused on, uh, I, obviously, I don't speak enough Japanese, so I only caught little things here and there, but they were t- discussing, like, what to do if you meet someone with a disabled animal, or a, dis- <laughs> a person who has an huh. animal for being disabled. <laughs> that came I was going to say, wrong. that's pretty interesting. Slight, slightly different... Uh... <laughs> protocol there yes what'd you what'd you do with that animal man (laughs) what do you do if you Um, need someone with a disabled animal now i want to (laughs) know i guess you have to go to culture festival um Mm -hmm. no if someone is disabled and has a a service animal (laughs) uh what, what to do in those scenarios stuff like that and then they have this like big afternoon event where where it's basically a talent show and there were seven groups. Um, some some did dance. Some did um, music. Like one group did like a song from a musical, and then another group. They were an original band, like a middle school rock band. And I was like, God, you guys are awesome. Loved it. And then what I've been working on is the teachers um, all got together and we performed a few songs for the students. Um, so we did a song called Fortune Cookies by AKB48. It's a very, very J-pop song. Yeah. Uh, it was very fun, though, surprisingly. It was the most, it was the most people I've ever played in front of. So <laughs> I played in front of 300-plus of my uh, junior high school students and all their parents and uh, the PTA and the... Uh, the school education board, and it was really, really fun because, you know, you had the curtain drawn, and then I started playing. We played this, like, uh, beginning of another song. I can't, I think it's like TV station or something like that. I can't remember. It's just a very famous drum beat. 
and everyone was quiet. And then they started opening the curtains, and then someone, one of the, one of the teachers messed up. So another one of the teachers stopped us, and they're all, like, cheering, because they're like, oh, holy shit, the teachers are going to perform, and they're getting into it. It was really cool to see. Um, but mm. that's... Aww, that's so sweet. Yeah. That's 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 yeah. his. Me and Shay used to play in a rock band here, but this is now he's transferred. He, he's still getting that rock star feeling, but now it's for um, Japanese elementary school. So but he's still getting it. He's still Junior getting that high. high. Get it right. Oh, Jun- that's right. I'm sorry. Oh no, I rode I rode that high all day. I'm not gonna lie because because <laughs> um, parents were like parents were like Sugoi, and I was like, you goddamn right, I'm awesome. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> Sugoi means awesome. Just so you know. Um and a lot of the students were like, Sugoi, very cool. You're cool. You're good. And I'm like, oh and I was I was <laughs> I was like, oh thank you, thank you. No, 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 no. But I in my head I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I was trying I was trying to be humble. <laughs> I was trying to be humble, but I was riding the high and it felt really good. All my teachers, um, the, there were three piano people. They were each playing a different part because it's heavily keyboard song, guitar player, bass player, mm-hmm. um, a few singers, and they, the rest of the teachers worked out a choreographed dance that happens um, to the song. So it was really, really cool. Um, even Kocho Sensei, the principal, came up, and uh, it's a good time. It was very fun. But that's the only thing worth a note for me this week uh, that's pretty much what i've been working on i got the youtube channel finally caught up mm-hmm. thank the lord so what's that next on done. your um well first of all yeah thank you for doing that i've had some people reach out that have noticed the youtube channel um so your hard work did not go unnoticed uh so thank you good um first of all you're i've welcome, got little clips little samples up there for people what's next on the uh docket for shay what are you looking forward to playing what are you what are you thinking S- so right now, um, I'm actually going to be doing this here um, shortly, later tonight, uh, tonight for you guys, today for me, feeling a little better now. Um, I'm going to go look at getting a PlayStation camera real quick at my local uh, electronics place, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see if they have rentals. I know they have games to buy. I think they have rentals as well. If they do, I'm going to try and rent Destiny 2. If not, I'll bite the bullet and purchase it like I said I would. But um, I'm going to stream uh, The Walking Dead Season 3 uh, Telltale game tonight a little bit. And probably going to do that periodically throughout the week. Because I want to finish that since it came out this year. Uh, play Destiny 2 for sure. And I will do it, unfortunately. But I will do it. Um, and I need to pick up. Never Pyre. know. You might. You might like it, Pyre. Yeah. Okay. It's true. Uh, okay. So it looks like Destiny. I, we have Destiny two guests next week, so that'll be cool. Because Josh is picking yeah. up on PC. What is it? Tuesday. Tuesday sounds right. Awesome. Yes. Okay. So yeah, you will have uh, mm-hmm. two new people to get perspectives on uh, on Destiny. Friend, I'm going to wrap it up there because we are out of time. Um, but I want to thank Tony again for. Uh, sitting back and dealing with all of our nonsense. So thank you, Tony. <laughs> right? Thank you for joining us. It's always entertaining with you guys. I listen to your guys' podcasts all the time. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Man. Thank you. Um, and yes, uh, Tony is also a host of an excellent podcast, the No Time for Time Travel podcast, um, which I assume you can find on iTunes. Check and it out. God, God knows other anywhere, everywhere else, right? 
Yeah, we're on uh, iTunes, we're on uh, TuneIn, we're on Stitcher, we're on uh, Google Play, and we have our website, ntfttpod.com. We have a Twitter, same handle. We're trying to like keep everything consistent so you guys can check us out anywhere there. Cool. Awesome. Well, it's been a pleasure. You've had some Do great it. insight on uh, the fighting games and everything else we talked about as well, so it's been a lot of fun. Thank you for being a good sport, and uh, thank you again for being here, Josh, Fish, Shay. Of course, I will thank myself because that's what douchebags do. It's been a great episode of the Chompcast. <laughs> we'll be back next week. <laughs> we'll be back next week with an all-new Chompcast, uh, <laughs> and uh, we will see you then. Peace out. Uh, <laughs>